Well, as we spend time in worship, a song arises often, and that's what happened, Lara. I just started singing out of that, and it's just often, I, I wish sometimes I could sing just like that. It's just wonderful. Just um, don't be afraid just to sing, just to allow out a place of thanksgiving and praise just to start singing. Well, we're in a safe place here. If we can't do it here, we're not going to be doing it out there. Uh, but let's just be living a life of praise and let's be free in this place. Well, uh, I thought as we are starting a new uh, sermon series on generosity, I'd start with a joke. So I hope it goes down better than it did at the 8.45. <laughs> there were just groans at the 8.45. So here we go. Uh, why are fishmongers never generous? Thank you, Dave, because their business makes them selfish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see, Chris, the, the worship band are laughing, so that's a good sign. No. Uh, you know, I think we all love it when people are generous and not selfish to us in their time and their talents and sometimes with their money when they give us gifts. We appreciate it and feel appreciated, don't we, when someone gives us a gift or just takes that time to spend time with one another, or to say that word, or to pray for us. Yet suddenly as we look around the world, we see the effects of humanity's sin, um, humanity's selfishness and greed. If we just think about all the great wealth and technology in our world at the moment, it's astonishing to think that not everyone in our world has access to either safe water or a toilet, things that we take for granted. The, this, this, the um, figures are quite astounding. So there's approximately 8 billion people. And according to the figures produced by one charity called Water.org, 771 million people, that's one in 10, lack access to safe water. That's a lot of people. And there's 1.7 billion people have, have, uh, that's one in four, have lack, lack access to, um, to, a, to a toilet. These are things that we take for granted. So often, instead of humanity sharing the resources that we have, they hold them tightly. And the life that Jesus calls us to live is open-handed, open-hearted. We have an amazing opportunity as Christians to live a different way and to be generous as God is generous to us. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at this topic of generosity because as God's people, it's important for us not just to know what God says about generosity, but also not to hear, just hear it, but to live it out in our day-to-day -day lives. And I'm hoping that as an already generous church, which we are, which you are, we become even more generous with what God has given us in our talents, in our time, and in our finances. I was really struck by what David said in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, which says this, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything comes from God. And we actually, we only give back to God what has actually originally come from his hand. As we look at the topic of generosity, we may also feel, we might feel conviction of the Holy Spirit. I know I have in my life when I've heard a sermon or I've heard a word or, or the, I've been in prayer and I've had to repent of that and change the way I've been living my life. 
Maybe the Holy Spirit will be speaking to some of us in how we use our time or our talents or our money. This morning, I want to start our generosity series by giving a foundation of why we should be generous, why we should be a generous people, by looking at how generous God has been to us. So I'm going to ask three questions. The first one is, how has God been generous to us? Why is God so generous to us? That's the second point. The third point is, how do we respond to God's generosity in our day-to-day lives? And don't worry, I won't be mentioning money today. So you can all breathe a sigh of relief there. So the first question is, is how has God been generous to us? Well, the best place to start thinking about this is in the beginning. Thinking about God's creation. And I've been doing a new Bible read-through, this starting one in the new year, and it's great. It's all focusing on who Jesus is, right from Genesis, right through the Bible. And of course, this week I've been in Genesis. And it's a wonderful reminder of who God is as a very generous creator to us. God is an amazingly generous creator to us. It all starts with him. God is an amazing creator. I mean, we just don't have to look around very far, do we? Just in our country alone. I mean, it's incredible. It's breathtaking. I mean, there's going to be some pictures come up, and it doesn't even touch the beauty of our nation. I mean, just think of the hills, of the valleys, and of the rivers that sometimes just take your breath away when you see them. Or think about our coastlines and our cities. Some of the most beautiful architecture in the world. Think about our wildlife. I don't know about you, but when I see a red squirrel, I'm always like, oh, wow. Think about our beaches. We've got some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. If only the weather was a bit better. (laughs) We don't have have to look very far in our own nation, just how generous God has been as a creator that we get to see. Each day. I mean, I, I, when I drive down to Western Hills to drop Harry off at nursery, sometimes you just look at the Pentlands and it's incredible. Whether they've got snow on or the clouds are just, you see them through the clouds or the sun, it is just amazing. We live in a beautiful world created for us by a generous creator. But it's not just that he's a generous creator. Just, the way, just think for a moment some of the things that he created in us. Let's take the eye, for example. The eye is an amazing piece of creation. I mean, it allows us to see colors and beautiful landscapes and people. I mean, it's amazing to, to actually to hear the testimonies of people who have been blind all their life and then there's a healing, whether that's through med- medicine or through a miracle, and they just go, wow, I never thought the world was this beautiful. And God gave us eyes to see and to wonder at his creation. Or the next one, our tongues. I mean, just think about our tongues for a moment and think what God placed in them, taste buds. I mean, how dull would it be to eat food without taste buds? I mean, just think, you wouldn't be able to taste apples. You know, at the beginning of the season when you taste that, and for me, it's a red Cox apple, and it's just like, oh, none of this fancy jazzy stuff. Just give me a st- bog-standard Cox. Oh, it's like amazing, isn't it? Or think about ice cream. I mean, we all have our different flavors, don't we? But for me, it's mint chocolate chip. Oh, 
I'm very blessed because no one in my household likes mint chocolate chips. I get it all for myself. It's wonderful. Or the crown and glory, steak. It's probably different for you. But what would food be like without taste buds? God has been incredibly generous to us. Or think about the mind. Think about how wonderful our mind is, the control center for our bodies. God created all these things out of nothing for us. These are all wonderful things that he blessed us with and continues to bless us with so that we can live our lives for him. But he's not just a generous creator. He's also a generous sustainer and provider of everything we need. God gives us the air we need in our lungs to breathe and for us to have life. He gives light so that we can see, that we can work and we can have fun. And he gives us darkness so that we can have rest and recuperation. He gave us the sun for heat and water so things could grow and we could have food. He gives us each different skills and abilities so that we can work and find purpose in our lives. And God made lots of different materials so that we could use the skills that he's given us to make amazing things like houses to live in, cars to drive, new technologies so that we can communicate with each other, paint amazing pictures, write amazing stories, make Lego, and even drink good coffee. But he goes much further, and we know that as Christians, don't we? Because he gives us himself, not just Jesus on the cross, but his Holy Spirit, so that we can experience some of the things that he designed us to experience, such as love and joy and peace and hope. He's an incredible creator. He's an incredible sustainer and provider. Generosity starts with God. And it leads me to ask this question, well, why is God so generous to us? Why is he so generous to us? God does all this not because he needs to or because we deserve it, but because of who he is and his love for us. God is generous to us because it's who he is, first of all. God is generous to us. He shared and continues to share so much with us because of that is who he is. That's his character. He's good. He's not selfish. He's amazingly generous. He's good and loves to share his creation with us. He gives abundantly beyond any expectation or obligation. His mercies are new every morning. Why? Because that is who he is. Everything that we have comes from God. He created us, gave us birth, gives us breath and sustain us. Because that is who he is. He's incredibly good. The second reason is because he loves us. God created this beautiful world and his crowning moment of creation was what? Us. This is what it says in the Bible. God saw all that he made and it was very good. For the rest of creation, he says it's good. But after he's created humanity in his image, he says very good. Because he shared his goodness with us. We see that in the intimate relationship that he has with Adam and Eve and with humanity that he desires. That he loves us. And he shows that ultimately in Jesus Christ. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died 
for us. You might be sitting here this morning saying, no, but it's true. God loves you. And he showed you that by dying on a cross for you. God's generosity to us is immense. It defines what generosity is. And because of this, we now have a choice in how we're going to live. When God created the world and us, he provided everything that we needed. He shared his goodness with us and asked us to partner with him to bring more and more of his goodness here on earth, his love, his justice, his, his, um, his peace, his hope. He gave humanity a choice right from the beginning. This was just a choice he gave, and we see that in what he says to Adam and Eve when he says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good or evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Humanity had a choice whether they were going to trust God in what he said was good or evil and live from that or define good and evil for themselves and reject God's ways and his goodness. And we know the choice Adam and Eve made and we know the choice that humanity still makes. And the result of that choice is a broken world. Instead of justice, people seek injustice. Instead of truth, governments and nations seek um, corruption and war. And instead of life, there's death. But you see, God in his generosity, in his love, what did he do? He sent his son to redeem us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And through placing our faith in Jesus, we can start to partner with God again to release his goodness. His goodness on this world. By being love and being generous with what we've been given. By sharing the gospel and bring other people to faith. By seeking justice and mercy. By not forgetting the poor, whether they're in our community or in our global community. King David wrote an incredible prayer that reminds us of a truth we often forget. It says this, Wealth and honor comes from you. You are the ruler of all things. I mean, we declared that this morning, didn't we? In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise for your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as you as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. I wonder if you've ever, if you find what David declares at the end of this prayer, something that you've thought about before. Everything comes from God, and we have given God only what comes from his hand. It's implying that everything we have, everything we are, comes from God and his generosity to us, as our creator, as our sustainer, as our provider. But how do we respond to his generosity? Well, over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at that about how we respond to his goodness. And I've only covered a tiny bit of how, God, how good God is to us. But how do we respond to God's goodness? Well, I want to look at Psalm 95 because I think it might suggest a pattern that we might adopt to start creating an attitude that allows us to be generous. So let's look at um, Psalm 95. 
Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great and great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and in his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Here in this psalm, there's a, the celebration and this thanksgiving of who God is as our maker, our creator, as our sustainer, as a provider, but also one who cares for his people. And I want to suggest this pattern, this, this way of life that is in the Bible, it's nothing new, but will allow us, as we start to do these three simple things, to live generous lives. The first one is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving as we thank God for what he has done for us. That leads us to praise him for who he is. And as we praise God, our, our faith levels arise. I don't know if you find that when we come together, we start praising God and I, I start to think, oh yeah, this is possible, this is possible. God could do miracles, God could do this. And see, praise just changes our whole view not on us, but on what God can do. And then that leads us to put our trust in Him. And when we trust in Him, often our fear and our anxiety about the future falls away and we move in faith. So let's take a moment just to think about each of these three things that we can develop in our lives that help us to, to, to live a generous life. Firstly, thanksgiving. God has given out of who He is an amazing creator, sustainer, and provider out of his love for us. There are often moments in my day when I've forgotten about God. You know, I don't know if you find that. And then someone will say something or I'll see an answer prayer before me or I'm sitting down with the family for a meal and we thank God and I go, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you answer my prayer from the start of the day. Thank you that I've been walking in your grace. Thank you for how you've led me through a difficult time. We're just fooling ourselves if we think or we believe the lie that we've done this all by ourselves. I am who I am because all I have done. That's the kind of thinking that a toddler has. They often, you know, toddlers often think that we don't need parents. I don't you've ever experienced that? And then they come to the reality, oh, well, maybe they do to get fed and to get changed and all these things, to get them to see their friends. God's created us. He's created everything and he loves it when we just simply take time to thank him, to acknowledge him. Laura and I were, in an, uh, we were given this amazing trip to, to a friend's wedding in Switzerland. This was the view that we had from our balcony. I mean, it was just incredible. And... Um, the family were incredibly generous and they paid for everything for whole five days. And, and they just said, if you want this, have this, do this. And they planned five days of just, I mean, feasting. It was incredible. I don't think I'll ever go to a wedding like it again. But it would have been really wrong of me and Laura to, to you know, enjoy all these things 
and then not thank them for it. To not to go up to the dad afterwards and say, thank you so much for the generosity that you have shown both Laura and I over this, this week. Yet so often that's how we live. That's how the world lives. We don't acknowledge God when he answers a prayer or someone shows us kindness. It's so sad that the world worships the things that God has created and yet they miss the creator. The one who can provide for them, sustain them. And as a simple thing, it's just to thank God. And thanks starts to raise our eyes to praise God for who he is. Uh, I always remember I had an amazing uh, spiritual mentor when I first became um, a Christian. And um, he often talked about his dad, who was this amazing man of faith and had seen many miracles, I mean, incredible miracles as a doctor. And um, he said, oh, my dad's coming into town. Would you like him to pray for you? I was like, well, that's wonderful. I'd like that. And And we went out for lunch and I just saw this man coming down the road and I was like, what on earth is he doing? I didn't know about what it meant to pray in the Spirit at that point. And I was like, I was like what is he doing? It's a bit odd, isn't he? And he said, no, he's just praying in faith. He's praying and thanking God. He just lives a life of praise. And Anyway, so cut to the chase. We go back to the hotel room where he's staying. And he says, do you want me to pray for you, son? He's from Kansas. And I said, who are you? That would be lovely. He said, <laughs> I was just a bit nervous at this point. He said, well, why don't you go into the corridor, confess all your sins, and then come in and I'll pray for you. And I was, <laughs> my friend and me looked at each other and we're like, oh, I was in the corridor going, well, I pray, I confess this, confess this. I was confessing everything and anything. Anyway, I then went into his, his room and there was a real sense of his presence, in God's presence in there. And um, I was like, oh, you're like this. And then he looked at me. And I was like, oh, here it comes. Here all this. And he said, you know what? You know what the problem with you, son, is? And I was like, no. <laughs> he said, you don't praise God enough. You don't praise Jesus. And I was like, okay. And he said, start praising Jesus. And I was like, praise Jesus. And he went, you can do better than that. And I was like, praise Jesus like this. He said, come on, son. Say it like you mean it. And I was like, Praise Jesus, like this. And then he started praising, and it was just a wonderful moment where the Spirit of God moved. And it taught me something about the power of praise in the midst of that. You know, in the midst of all that we're going on in life, we praise God. I want to thank uh, some of you who have been very kind to me. My father passed away just before Christmas. And, you know, when I drove down... When I got the call to say, my dad's not going to live, I drove down in the car and I was praising God. In the morning when I got up, when all the adrenaline had dropped, I sensed his presence. I didn't even ask for his presence and he came because he knew what I needed. And I praised God. I thanked him for that moment. You see, thanksgiving leads us into praise and praise opens the gates of heaven. And allows heaven to invade. And then that leads us. Our faith arises. And then we start to trust God. We start to say, yes, I can do that. I always remember, um, I came back from a Bill Johnson conference. 
And he'd just been talking about healing. And I had this real conviction of the Holy Spirit that we were to go into the local shopping center and start praying, offering healing. And I was like, pray. I was like, woo, woo. You know, we're going in here like this. And I, I started the walk from the church building to the management office of the West Hill Center. The closer I got, I was like, oh. but I kept on praising God. And then I pressed the buzzer. And one of the security guys went, oh. I was like, I said, oh, it's Ollie here. C- can I talk to the manager? He goes, why do you want to talk to the manager? I said, um, well, I want to talk about healing. All right, come in. <laughs> the manager was this big bodybuilder guy. All right, Ollie, how are you doing? It's like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, but because I'd spent some time thanking God for all that he'd done in my own life and the healings that we'd already seen and praising as we went, I, so, I just said, look, I just, I just uh, want to offer healing in Jesus' name on a, on a Saturday morning. This is how we'll do it. Would you, would you think about it? Oh, I don't see any problem in that. Why don't you bring your wee team in and we can try it out? See, as we praise God, trust arises and we start to place our faith in God and the impossible. See, as we praise God, trust and faith arises and we start to put our trust in the God who is more than capable to provide everything that we need. Whether that's healing or finances or just the peace to get through the storm or the peace to get through a difficult time in life when we haven't had the healing that we wanted. I want to encourage you to start thanking God. And as you thank God, start praising Him. As you praise Him, start trusting Him, saying, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And then let go of it and let God. Because He is a God who is amazingly generous beyond anything we could hope for or imagine. And we've seen that in him sending his son, Jesus Christ. You can't outgive God. I want to finish uh, with a story. When um, I had been a Christian for quite a long time, I'd been in leadership for quite a long time, and um, I was at Clan, and um, someone said to me, Oh, you need to hear this talk on tithing by Jack Deere. I'd never heard about tithing in the Church of Scotland. Unfortunately. And so, so I thought, well, I'll give it a play. So I was listening to it. And I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon me that God had been so good to me. And yet I had withheld a whole lot of resources from him, my finances. And at that point, I was getting into leading worship and I'd, I'd researched it all. And I'd wanted to buy this Taylor guitar. If you know anything about Taylor guitars, they're quite pricey. And so I worked out that if I was going to tithe, which I thought I had to, it was going to take another five months for me before I could buy this guitar. But I thought, God, you've been so good to me, I'm going to set up this standing order in, a th- in just thanksgiving and obedience. So I set it up. Okay? The next day, the very next day, a-, a letter came through the post with a check in it. And remember checks? You said, oh, you're at Christmas. Do you know how much the money was for? The exact money that the guitar was for. You see, you can't outgive God. When you give generously of what God gives of you, it releases His generosity, more of His generosity into your life. When I was asking God for a word this morning, I felt Him say this 
Generosity brings my provision. Generosity, as we live with open hearts and open hands, it allows God to be generous, continue to be generous. It's like a cycle. As we are generous, God is generous. And I'm not talking here, oh, you'll pile more money into your bank account. I'm not talking about that. Maybe you will if you need that. But he'll provide everything that you need. And sometimes more. Just because he's incredibly good. So I really want to encourage you, St. Mungo's. You're an incredibly generous church. I mean, it's amazing. And I want to thank you for that. But I want us to ask the Holy Spirit this morning to continue to change and transform us. You know, I, I don't want to get to heaven and say, oh, why I could have done more with that. My grandfather used to say, you don't get any pockets in your shrouds. You can't take anything with you. But sometimes we live like this because of fear, where God wants us to live like this because he says, I'm good. I'm a good, good father and I've got everything you need. So let's start living like this. And it's not just about finances. It's about our words. It's about our actions. It's about our time. It's about our talents. It's about taking that step of faith and trusting God. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And uh, I'm, I'm going to pray. And uh, I can only pray for myself on this. But if you, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to start just changing us and transforming us. And if necessary, convicting us so that we can live a life of generosity. You know what? It's so much better to give than to receive. Jesus says you'll be blessed if you do this. When you just give of a word, when you see someone down and you give that word, or when you're kind to someone who doesn't deserve your kindness, or when you give some, a small amount of money to someone who's really struggling. You see, you can bring God's kingdom to someone's life. You can bring the kingdom through his generosity, through sharing his goodness that he's given you. So why don't we just quieten our hearts? And I'm going to pray, and, if, and we're just going to wait, and if, you, if that prayer is a yes for you in your heart, then just say amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you came as promised and that you live within us so that we can encounter the love and the joy and the peace and everything that we need to live a life for you. Just come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you love to come, that you love to fill us with everything that we need, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness to us. We don't deserve it, but you give and you continue to give. And we want to be a people who are known for our generosity. And so, Holy Spirit, would you continue to change us? We're all a work in progress, but would you continue to change us and our hearts and our minds so that we become radically generous just as Jesus was. I was just thinking the other day of Jesus' radical generosity on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. <coughs> Did they deserve it? No. Do we deserve it? God's grace? No. But yet he lavishes it upon us. 
Change us, Lord, to be a radically generous people in our words, in our actions, in our thoughts, with our talents, our time, and our finances. Just keep coming, Holy Spirit. Let's just go back into worship. Just encourage you to be real with God, to ask him for his help where you need it. Just keep coming, Holy Spirit.